Well, this may be a little presumptuous because it assumes that you remember what I said three years ago. <laughs> but I want to confess right away that um, what you're about to hear, you've heard before. I promise that next week I'll write something brand new and twice as long. <laughs> but as I was looking at this text and thinking about it and... Um, as I sometimes do, looking at a, what I did with the text the last time it came around, um, it just felt to me as though, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing, but um, things haven't changed all that much since the last time around. Where a shepherd enters through the gate, the gatekeeper opens the gate for the shepherd, and the sheep hear his voice and come to him. The shepherd calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he's gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they recognize his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't recognize his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't recognize his voice. Seems to me that Jesus is being awfully optimistic about the good sense of the sheep. Now, maybe real sheep do run away from voices that they don't recognize. Maybe real sheep are wise enough in their timidity to avoid danger by running away. But we metaphorical sheep? Whose voice frightens us? Listen to this. Hello, I'm Carl Castle. It's 2 a.m. The red phone rings. We must stay the course. Our brave troops did not die in vain. Mr. Vice President, a majority of Americans are now opposed to the war. So, hope for a change. Listen to this. Do you suffer from sickness? Are you poor? Don't worry, my friend. Just act in faith and send this amount and pray this prayer. And I guarantee you that God will make you a doctor and a millionaire. Listen to this. Good credit, bad credit, no credit, no problem. Rent to own, lease to own, buy to own. Build yourself a bigger barn. Why wait? There's no time like the present. What recession? The economy is just experiencing a temporary correction. And tell your senators support the latest free trade agreement. Two million unemployed Mexican farmers really can be wrong. Listen to this. You want fries with that? You want to supersize that? All you can eat bread for the world at McDonald's, Burger King, Bob Evans, Wendy's, Denny's, Hardee's, Arby's, Shoney's, Waffle House, International House of Pancakes, Cracker Barrel, Taco Bell, Dinner Bell, and don't let acid indigestion ruin your evening. Take Zantac. Pepsid, Prilosec, and enjoy. Listen to this. Next on Jerry Springer, lottery winners and the people who lose them. Listen to this. Are you depressed, suffering from sexual dysfunction, anxious, allergic, dyspeptic, arrhythmic, laugh lines, crow's feet, love handles, too fat, too thin, too weak, too hairy, too hairless? Not sure you have what it takes to make it in the challenging and competitive field of your dreams. Blue pills, purple pills, Viagra, Prozac, Alexa, Claritin, Botox, not available without a prescription. 
Some patients do experience side effects, the most common of which are depression, sexual dysfunction, anxiety, asthma, indigestion, irregular heartbeat, advanced aging, hair loss, unsightly hair, unsightly weight gain, suicidal feelings, and occasional homicidal mania. So ask your doctor. That's enough of that. Um, All those voices and all of them very familiar. It's no wonder we sheep have long since lost our survival instinct. No wonder we've forgotten how to run away. In fact, the bad shepherd doesn't even need to climb over the wall anymore because we've long since left the gate open and made ourselves at home among the very voices that will kill us. It would be easy if every bad shepherd were as obvious as Bill O'Reilly, but even we 21st century postmodern people who know that your truth is your truth and my truth is my truth and all's right with the world, even we are aware that, well, some things are bad for us, that some voices really don't have our best interest in mind, that some shepherds really are bad and dangerous and out to take us through the gate and out of the fold and lead us astray to the valley of the shadow of death and leave us there on our own. Even we know that fast food leads to slow death. We know that it makes no sense to talk of the sanctity of life while selling bombs and cutting welfare benefits and sending troops around the world. We know that all the effort that we put into avoiding illness, old age, and even death is bound to fail because sooner or later something will kill us. But then we hesitate because... Well, you know, some of these voices really aren't all that scary if taken in moderation. And they can even be entertaining, enlightening. And oddly enough, sometimes they sound just like the Good Shepherd. Perhaps a bit more modern and catchy, you know, speaking to us in a style that we find pleasing and using words that we don't have any trouble understanding. And so we have politicians using the language of television evangelists and television evangelists sounding like politician. And suddenly it seems as though everyone is from Bethlehem. We hear the siren call of an end to ambiguity of any kind to a kinder, gentler and simpler black and white world where we all obey the Ten Commandments and the golden rule. And even the most cynical among us can sometimes be mesmerized and begin to think, you know what? Maybe that's not such a bad idea after all. Well, the point is that there are an awful lot of voices out there. And it seems to be increasingly difficult to know how to sort them out. Good shepherd, bad shepherd. Good shepherd, bad shepherd. Let alone turn them off. And the savvier among them have learned the value, monetary, emotional, political, of learning the language and the accent and even the mannerisms of the good shepherd in their quest to have us prick up our ears and follow them. All of them have learned to make the right promise, the promise of abundant life. And let's admit it, is there any more American promise than that? Abundant life? We hold these truths to be self-evident, don't we? That everyone is created equal. Well, maybe not that one so much, but life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. How sweet is that? Abundant life can be yours. And all you need to do is buy this car or this house or this pill. Abundant life can be yours if you lose weight, change your face, your breasts, your hair, your lips, your forehead. Abundant life can be yours if you vote for me or stand on my side of the issue. Never mind the man behind the curtain. 
a ghost in the machine. Abundant life can be yours. In fact, it's your right. It's your right. And don't let anybody tell you any different. And if they do, sue them. Because America has come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Or is it capitalism? Uh, Consumerism? Materialism? Narcissism? You see the problem. The bad shepherds have learned to talk like the good shepherds, or at least to make the same promise. And often the promises that they make, the promises of abundance, come with fewer entanglements, fewer responsibilities, less commitment, and certainly much less waiting for their fulfillment. Now that it turns out in the end to be a sham, well, that doesn't seem to matter because when the Hummer does not give abundant life, there's always the H2, or is it the H3, H4? Well, what I'm saying may sound confusing because it is. I mean, even when we know better and have through experience learned that some voices promise more, they can, more than they can deliver, that some voices do, in fact, lead us astray, we cannot quite bring ourselves to resist them entirely. We continue to work against our own best interests by following the same voice over and over again, each time returning with our tail between our legs, only to have them start wagging the moment the voice returns with the latest offer of abundant life. Who will rescue us from this body of death? How can we learn to detect the truth among the myriad voices we hear calling us to abundance? How can we single out the voice of the Good Shepherd? Well, it's probably a bit late in the sermon to note that in the first 10 verses of John chapter 10, Jesus is not the Good Shepherd, He's the gate. Now, in some ways, the gate plays a similar role to the shepherd. The gate keeps bad things out and good things in. The gate protects the sheep from bad stuff entering and from the sheep's penchant to wandering. But the gate, at least in my experience, it doesn't talk. It's one of those strong, silent types who won't crack a smile even if you wave your fingers in its face. The gate takes its work seriously, does it well. Bad things may try to sneak around it, but it's the will of the gate that nothing enter without permission. In fact, one way to tell a good shepherd from a bad shepherd is that the good shepherd uses the gate. Now, I confess to finding the gate a bit, well, wooden, as metaphors go. It's also a little bit confusing because Jesus then shifts it around and talks about how those who enter and leave by the gate will be saved. And that makes sense if we figure Jesus to be talking about salvation coming through the gate, that is, through Jesus. But as part of the whole sheep and shepherd thing, it confuses me. But things do get clear in the following verses, because there Jesus does tell the disciples that he is the good shepherd. Listen to this. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. A hired hand will run when he sees a wolf coming. He will leave the sheep because they aren't his and he isn't their shepherd. And so the wolf attacks them and scatters the flock. The hired hand runs away because he's merely hired and has no real concern for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and they know me just as my father knows me and I know the father. And I lay down my life for my sheep. 
I have other sheep too that are not in this sheepfold. And I must bring them also. And they will listen to my voice. And there will be one flock with one shepherd. The Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may have it back again. No one can take my life from me. I lay down my life voluntarily. For I have the right to lay it down when I want to and also the power to take it again. For my Father has given me this command. Well, whose voice are we to follow? Whose voice ought we to recognize? Well, the voice of Jesus. And that should make things easier. But does it? Because we've already admitted that bad shepherds have learned to mimic the good shepherd. Isn't it true that much of our confusion is caused by the conflicting voices around us? Each one speaking the words of Jesus for conflicting ends. There's Jesus as CEO, Jesus as therapist, Jesus as personal savior, Jesus as account manager, Jesus as budget advisor, Jesus as political agitator, Jesus as Republican, Jesus as Democrat, Jesus as Green, Jesus as the greatest salesman in the world, Jesus as Uncle Sam, and so on. I mean, it's like being stuck in one of those Italian operas with everyone wearing masks and everyone being confused and no one getting what they really want or need until the very end, the great unmasking. So how do we get to the great unmasking? How do we learn again to recognize the voice of the true and good shepherd? Well, first of all, and this should be obvious, first of all, we turn to the Gospels. We learn to recognize the voice of the Good Shepherd by reading the words attributed to him in the Gospels. And not just the things we like to hear him say, the things which make us feel smart or holy or on the right side of an issue, but all the words, the easy and the hard, the gentle and the fiery, the promises and the prophecies. Let's listen to that voice. Let's listen to it over and over again and learn its cadences, its stylistic quirks, its power to rebuke and to heal. Let's develop the capacity to recognize the shepherd's voice when he comes calling us by name. Now, as good Mennonites, we know that it's not enough to read these words all by ourselves. They were written down for the sake of the church. And so it is in the church that we best hear and learn them. And so we take those words to the church for help and understanding. And we look to the larger church, too, not just the Mennonite church, but the holy Catholic church, the saints through time and across the world to help us interpret those words, because we know that the voice does not only speak to individual sheep, but to the whole flock. Jesus does not speak just to us individually, but to the community of faith and to all communities of faith. And so I think we learn to recognize his voice in the company of the flock, telling each other what we've heard and are hearing, comparing notes and seeking together to discern what we are hearing and determine whether it is indeed the voice of the good shepherd. Now, this is not an easy thing to do. We may well disagree with each other about what we've heard. That's how denominations were born. But if we listen well, if we listen well, we may be surprised to learn how much agreement there is among us. And hard or not, by listening together to both the scripture and its interpretation over the last 2,000 years of church history, we have a far better chance, a far better chance of recognizing the voice of the Good Shepherd. 
And we do a similar discerning and, and remembering on a smaller scale here in the congregation. For most of us, in fact, this is the primary location for listening to and for the voice of Jesus, better than anybody. We know the voices that surround our community. We know well how tempting they can be and how we sometimes long to open our ears and surrender to them and for once feel at home in the world. We know, too, how those voices can make us afraid or embarrassed or cause us to worry or even to despair. We know how those other voices can seem so right and we can seem so wrong. We know how difficult it is to decide which voices we listen to and which we ignore and which we run away from altogether. And we know, too, how hard it can be to make those decisions, to sort out the Good Shepherd's voice from all the other voices we hear every day, every week, on every channel, every station, every network. We're very aware, I think, that our experience is not nearly as cut and dried as our text may suggest, that voices are not so easily categorized as good or bad, that there are ambiguous voices. And so together we read the Gospels, we read the Gospels, we read the Gospels, we study the Scripture through the Gospel lens, we pray together, and we talk together, and we work together, and even come to hear together the voice of the Good Shepherd And together, we memorize the sound of that voice, and we memorize its peculiar rhythms and its catchphrases and inflections, and we come to know them as our very own. This is not to say that we're not incapable of being led astray, but it is to say that I think that risk is greatly reduced as we work together to hear and to follow the voice of the Good Shepherd as he leads us to abundant life. Well, in closing, let me admit that it is a risky thing to add yet one more voice to the others. I'd like to think I'm a good shepherd, that I came in through the gate and intend to serve only for the good of the flock. But, well, I mean, who wouldn't like to think so? In some ways, it would be easier on all of us if we could simply listen to the preacher and then do whatever she or he says and know that we'll be guaranteed abundant life we'd be able to safely block out every other voice then with everything else being clearly bad for us and wanting to lead us astray. In fact, we really wouldn't even need each other because but only the one true voice telling us exactly what to do and when to do it. Clarity is a tempting dream. But in my opinion, an easy clarity is not what we are called to certainly doesn't reflect the reality in which God has placed us. What clarity we can find will be first of all a promised gift from the Good Shepherd who told us that his spirit would guide and protect us as we seek to follow. It will also be the result of much hard work, the work we call discernment. The work we do best in a group, together reading, and listening and trying and failing and trying again and every day finding ourselves just a step or two further along the path that God has called us to. Now, fortunately, God has made us a herding, H-E-R-D-I-N-G, a herding kind of people, a community kind of people, a people reflecting the divine nature of the Trinity and the truth of God's abundant love. Given the myriad of voices and the difficulty sorting the good from the bad, it's a good thing that we are so created and called. What we cannot do alone, 
what we cannot do alone, we can do together through the power of the Holy Spirit. We can together learn to turn away and even run away from those voices that we do not recognize as intending our good. We can together learn to recognize the voice of the true and good shepherd who will lead us through the valley of the shadow of death and into eternal and abundant life. And so together we can learn to trust that shepherd to keep on calling our names until the day that we come safely home. My dear sisters and brothers, my dear comrades in sheepishness, let us study his words together and with the whole of his body and so learn to follow the good shepherd, to follow the good shepherd and him alone. Amen.